0: Hi everyone and welcome to our episode 34 SAMA. SAMA is a um, webinar where we invite an expert to talk about the area of expertise and this week we're lucky to have Mori Zilkovic here with us. Um, Mori is the creator of the Mori Method um, which is um, a method by which tre- uh, sound is used to um, to cause true physical effects. Uh, Maury first noticed the effects that sounds and tones had on his own mental state well over 20 years ago, and this led to a decades-long journey deep into the study of brainwave entrainment. Not satisfied with the minor results he experienced, Maury sought out the world's foremost brainwave entrainment expert and after extensive training and study, became one of the few certified brainwave entrainment engineers in the world. And from that impressive starting point, and with ongoing study and research, Mori has developed proprietary technology and techniques, which he has named the Mori Method. Uh, now, not satisfied keeping this knowledge and powerful mythology to himself, Maury tirelessly produces the leading-edge recordings that incorporate the Mori Method, Proprietary techniques and these recordings uh, include the quantum mind power and quantum confidence. Um, these are acclaimed by his legion of listeners. Um, recently, the Mori method was recognized by the Brazilian government and a Brazilian university uh, when a major exclusive independent study of the Mori method technology was undertaken. Um, the findings, which were published in October 2009, uh, proved the benefits of the Mori Method and have resulted in the further recognition of the Mori Method as a proven technology. So we're very lucky to have uh, Mr. Mori Zilkovic here in person to talk about his method. So welcome, welcome, Mori.
1: Thank uh, you very much, John, for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: Now, the, the very first question, I want to slip one in before anyone else has a chance, is please tell us more about this entrainment in this Mori Method.
1: Okay, well, basically, the first 40, 45 years of my life, I spent hearing thousands of voices in my head. I spent it in severe depression, dark depression. I actually woke up every single morning, looked out my window with my fingers crossed, hoping that I would see nuclear mushroom clouds. Gosh. So I wasn't afraid to see them, I wanted to see them. I actually tried to kill myself a bunch of times too. Now, obviously, well, you know what? I'm grateful for it all because without all of this happening to me, I wouldn't have learned what I learned. I wouldn't have gotten the understanding that I have and I wouldn't have been motivated to create what is known as the Maury Method today. Now, you know, I want to explain because Maury Method has been said like 8,000 times already. When I was developing this, I was asked, you know, what I call what I do. And I said, well, you know, I have a working name, but I wouldn't want to use this publicly. And I was asked what it was. I said the Mori Method. And they said, that's great. That's great because, you know, it puts a person into it and everything else. And I got screwed into, make, into having to accept it <laughs> because I really didn't want to because it's not about me. What I do actually takes advantage of natural processes in the brain that help you to help yourself. You don't thank a hammer when you use it to build a deck in your backyard, right? You don't thank a paintbrush and you don't thank the paint. You thank the person who used these tools to create what was created. And that's what I've done. I've just created tools which are completely useless unless you use them properly. And then if you use them properly, that's when the benefit happens. And that's why it's all you and not me. So what happens is with brainwave entrainment, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, Since the dawn of man, you know, when cave people were smashing sticks on rocks, tones and sound has had an influence on people's lives. You know, uh, essentially there's a quality of the brain called the frequency following response. And what that is, is if you ever found yourself listening to music and you'd be clapping your hand to it or tapping your foot or bobbing your head, that's entrainment. Okay. There's a beat and you're on an unconscious level following the beat. You're going, yeah, I'm getting into this
0: right <laughs> it's same thing
1: with your brain. Your brain is made up of billions of neurons, which are little itty bitty cells and these cells through audio stimulation can be made to pulse because your brain cells are always pulsing always. And there's electric current that they're emitting all the time. And depending on how many times they emit this current a second, that dictates what kind of chemistry they're releasing, different neurotransmitters, endorphins, hormones, and the like. So what happens is through the frequency following response, you're listening to like, bump, 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 bump. So it's basically a signal, nothing, signal, nothing, signal, nothing. And depending on how many times a second that goes, after about six minutes, the average person's brain starts to what's called entrain or follow. So through the frequency following response, the neurons start to do a monkey see, monkey do. They start pulsing at the same rate. And in that way, I can help you to control what kind of chemistry you're releasing. That's important for a very important reason. Coming from all this depression, I was able to reverse engineer a whole bunch of information. Because I certainly knew how to program myself for evil, so to speak,
0: and for anxiety, and
1: for anger, and for depression. But if I could create a system that would essentially do the same thing but create something positive instead, that was the trick. So what I did was I realized that I had all these negative thoughts, and all I did was think negative all the time, and that negative thinking actually created brainwave activity, and that. Brainwave activity created, interestingly enough, that brainwave activity created chemistry. And it's the chemistry that made me feel the way I felt. If you're happy, if you're interested, if you're bored, if you're anything out there now, it's because you've decided to be that way. And that decision creates thoughts, which create chemistry, which creates how you feel. So I'm super depressed. I'm reading all these books and I can't get anywhere all these brilliant minds and they are brilliant minds, but I can't get it through my head. The negativity is so strong that I'm still producing all this negative chemistry and in producing all this negative chemistry, I can't break through and even understand the good and the power of what they're telling me because I am just so depressed and you know if some, John, if I knew you forever and you saw me in pain and you were trying to help me by talking to me, I was hearing, I don't know if you ever watched the Simpsons, but you know, when I was younger, I used to watch the Simpsons and they had a dog. I think the dog's name was Santa's little helper. And occasionally they would show from the dog's perspective when people were talking and all the dog would hear would be blah, 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 blah. That's all I heard because You know, you don't understand, how can you understand what it's like to wake up every morning and want nuclear war? You're so depressed that it's not even enough for you not to be here, you don't want the whole world here. Now, Mm -hmm. I was never gonna do anything to the world, but that was, you know, I just wanted everything gone. So, when I realized, though, that that chemistry, you know, I couldn't change my thoughts for the life Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. But when I realized that the thoughts create chemistry Okay, so it's thoughts, chemistry, more thoughts, more chemistry, more thoughts. It's the cycle of depression over and over and over again. I couldn't change the thoughts. And I thought, what if I could change the chemistry? I tried changing the thoughts, it didn't work. But if I change the chemistry and my theory's right, then that means that my thoughts would naturally change that's when I discovered all about brainwave treatment, And I was looking around and looking around and looking around, and pretty much every product out there is not based on science, it's just based on vagities, or vagaries, sorry, there's no such word as vagities. <laughs> what is it?
0: There is now.
1: There is now, I just coined a new <laughs> phrase. But I coined brainwave treatment engineer, so I might as well coin that too. So, because of that, I realized if I could change my frequencies in my brain, that would kind of interrupt the negative thinking, and it actually worked. Now, it didn't immediately do it the first time and I was better, but over you know, being severely depressed, it took a long time, but I could notice right away, for instance, I'd have millions of voices in my head all the time, kind of like a din of conversation you would hear at uh, a concert in the intermission when thousands and thousands of people are talking all the time. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to the recording I made the first time and the whole time that it was playing, I heard no voices. And even for a few minutes after, I heard no voices. I was actually scared, <laughs> you know, because it was such an unusual feeling and sensation. you wondering
0: where everyone's gone. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it, it's, you know, it's hell, but it's the hell I knew, right? Mm-hmm. And as I listened more and developed the, you know, the methodology and the technique more, I was getting better and better and better results. So because of the frequency following response, I was able to interrupt the brainwave activity that I created with my negative thinking enough that I could subtly change it. So now when you're talking to me, instead of hearing blah, 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 I'm hearing blah. You know, more. if you tried this, you might feel better. Blah, blah. Right. I still heard the blahs a little bit, but mostly I was hearing what you were saying and I was open mm-hmm. enough to actually try some of this stuff to see if it could help me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately what was out there, what didn't help me, but It didn't help me physiologically or or psychologically, but what it did do was it taught me lots of things that allowed me to create my own methodology, which did help me. And then as I changed, people I knew were blown away. Like I was a totally different person and they wanted to know what I was doing. You know, I was drinking excessively. I was a sex addict. I, uh, I smoked tons of pot. Like literal, when I say tons, I'm not exaggerating. I literally smoked tons of pot that, mm. um, you know, did everything wrong. Mm. But suddenly I was this different person. Well, not suddenly, but they could see I was changing. And especially after six months, a year, it was massive changes. Mm. And they asked me, so I gave my friends some of the recordings that I was playing with. And they got back to me, you know, and said, oh, these things are amazing. And of course I thought nothing because they're my friends. What are they going to say?
0: <laughs> going to <say> crap. <laughs> well, then, friends normally do, don't they? Or maybe, maybe friends are different in Canada. Well, but I, think
1: that, I think they like the change in me. <laughs> so they ended up going for, these are great. <laughs> but what really convinced me they were great was when I – it's not they were great. It's the people using them are great, and it helps them to bring out their own greatness. Mm-hmm. But when they gave them to some friends, and then these people I don't know got back to me, and ask me why do I feel better? What's going on? <laughs> you know, well, how did you get these recordings? And they would tell me so-and-so gave it to me, and so-and-so gave it to me. Then I started realizing that this isn't just me. This is a universal effect that, you know, everyone has a brain, everyone has brain chemistry. And even though we're brought up differently, we have different, you know, societies and different cultures and different belief systems, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the chemistry and the effect that chemistry has. It's how we interpret things is different. But the physiological effects aren't different. As long as you have a brain that's more or less functional, this should be able, this kind of technology can help you to change the way you're thinking. A lot of people are depressed all the time. They don't understand that it's not natural to be depressed. It's not normal to be depressed. When you're depressed, when you're angry, when you're anxious, when you're jealous, when you're in pain, all these things are things to be grateful for. But our society teaches us to hate them and avoid them. You feel pain because pain tells you there's something amiss, and it's supposed to bring your attention somewhere so you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. That's what it's there for. You should be grateful for these things. So in a rather long-winded way, (laughs) that's how I got involved in all of this.
0: That's quite amazing. Now, um, what I've found with some people that have um, truly advanced themselves by leaps and bounds, they're quite often the people that start off way on the back foot. They, ca- they start off with some sort of some problem.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: they, and the, the, the uh, pattern seems to be they recognize the problem and they realize they've got to really um, address it themselves to have any improvements. Uh, other methods haven't worked and it's seemingly a hopeless sort of case. And, and with you, Felix, I mean, the picture you're painting is pretty bleak. When you're hearing these voices in your head and you you know, what's, what's the point of life really is sort of what's coming oh, forward? You I
1: even tell you half of it. Really, I left out a lot of it.
0: But yeah, you know, when we were talking even before this um this uh summer, we just had a quick talk and he struck me as a very positive person. So it really comes as quite a surprise. Even even uh even Canadian winters don't get you down. So
1: the change of season is lovely. It's you know what? <laughs> when we I used to live in a condo and I moved into a house And I was telling my wife, you know, if you think I'm going to be shoveling the driveway, you're crazy. Well, you know what? Every time it snows, I'm out two, three times a day shoveling because I love it. It's just exhilarating to be out in the fresh air. And especially when you live in a city and then you live in the country, like I'm kind of in a country, a smaller town now, the air is fresh and the light pollution is minimal and the noise pollution is non-existent. And when I go out of my house, I don't smell tobacco. Do you know what it's like to walk out into the air and all you smell is smoke and fumes I, of um, fuel and things? Oh, it's no, so depressing. <laughs> you I, know? Think,
0: I think that most people that are watching this um, summer will know the answer to the question because most cities, most, most homes really, and even you know, in suburbs um, do get pollution get the smoke even from far places in the winter, if they're in a, in a, in a cold country, hmm um, and, and certainly people smoking not everyone's considered so they light up their cigarettes in, in a public place And so yeah, we do know where you're coming from yeah. there. So you you gave up smoking entirely did you?
1: Yeah, actually I uh, I smoked a ton of cigarettes. I smoked a ton of pot and I gave them both up interestingly enough using a Combination of a system I came up with which is so simple I don't even know if it's reasonable to call it a system, but that as well as using the entrainment with intention because you guide, you know, I tend to tell people to let what happens happen because very few of us really know what's right for us or what's good for us. It's better to let your instinct kind of take over because inside, you know what you need. Outside, you think you know what you need. Uh, Inside isn't touched by marketing. And television, and you know, and Samsung, and Apple, and General Motors, and Fiat, you know, Mercedes, and BMW. You know, inside you're not really touched by that. On the outside, you are, and we're made to think because they want our money. That you know, you need a big house, you need a big car, you need this, you need that.
0: Yeah, Google Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah, Google. Actually, I did need Google Wi-Fi, or we'd have dropped the signal like twelve times already. So sometimes it's useful, okay?
0: Not all. Sometimes. the time. yeah, I just got you on that one, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, so um, let me understand correctly. Well, if, I, if I'm correct, you used sound, you entrained your brain, and yeah. to overcome the addiction of smoking.
1: I, well, I used it because I saw how much it was helping me from a depression standpoint. Got it. I thought, you know, maybe this is more than just a depression treatment for me. Okay. Now I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming it's a treatment for depression, but for me, it certainly was. And, you know, I believe other people that's, you know, that's why, you know, people need to do things. They need to test them. Everybody's a scientist, really. I mean, not everybody has the smock, right? (laughs) But everybody's a scientist. Everybody's always trying things. You know, if you try different foods, you're a scientist, you're doing a test. How does it react to your taste buds? How does it react to your stomach? Harper, no Harper. You know, everybody's a scientist. So, you know, when you get right down to it, life is an exciting array of interesting and unique experiences and stimuli that are there to help us learn about ourselves, about our environment, and to understand others. And when you look at life like that, it's not hard to be happy all the time. Because even when something crappy happens, because believe me, my life is far from, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm not Superman. I can't leap tall buildings in a single bound. I'm more like Lex Luthor. <laughs> right? So, but the, the truth of the matter is we have to understand that everything that's good and bad that happens in your life is only good or bad because you've decided to label it that way. You know, if you can look past bad and call it a lesson, something to learn, that's where the trick is. When I was a little kid, I learned that lesson. My mom, okay, this is back in the day of telephones where you hold them like this and they have the curly wires, right? Yes. So she's cooking on the stove. And she's got the phone like that and she's stirring away. And of course I see this gold, this orange element glowing. It's like pulsing glowing and it's very fascinating to me. I'm like five, six years old or something. So I start going like this. I'm reaching out, I'm reaching out. And she goes, honey, don't do that. You'll burn yourself. I you know, retreat and then While she's busy again, I go in for another try, right? We've all done this kind of thing, you know, where we listen to mom until she puts her attention somewhere else and then we go. And this time she got a little more angry. She said, don't do it. You're going to burn yourself. So first we went from totally loving to loving with a little, you know, (laughs) third time, don't do it. Right? Like really angry. The fourth time, yes, there was a fourth time slam don't do it. You're going to burn yourself. Well, the fifth time she didn't catch me and I burned the crap out of my hand. And you can rest assured that I never did that again. But the hell of the story was, and this is what it taught me, interestingly enough, I didn't realize the lesson until I was over 40 and I started to lose the depression. But what I learned from that was that the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, loves you. Your subconscious loves you. You want to be happy. You want to be healthy. And the universe, God, yourself, whatever you want to call it, will, we'll call it Bruce. (laughs) Okay. So I don't have to say all three all the time. So what Bruce wants for you is for you to be happy. And Bruce will tell you softly and lovingly at first what you are doing wrong so that it can keep you from doing the wrong thing. But if you don't listen to Bruce, Bruce is going to get louder and louder and louder. And if you still don't listen to Bruce he's gonna beat you up a little bit to try to get your attention.
0: Mm.
1: And I have found that if I listen, it never gets that far anymore. I don't experience those horrible pains. You know, you're driving in your car and you have a couple of little close calls. If you pay attention to those and you start driving a little safer and more aware, you're fine. Mm. But if you don't pay attention, believe me, those are signals that you're getting. Telling you, pay attention because something worse is coming down the road if you don't.
0: Right. Okay. But Morrie, um, let's look at it from a different angle. Sure. At the time when you were developing your entrainment method, well, let's take a little bit step further when you still were suffering from uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, People would have been telling you to take some sort of psych, some sort of drugs to or some something to. Well, I was. Uh, I was
1: drinking and smoking. <laughs> so, but actually, back then it wasn't that kind of a world. I saw uh, probably four or five psychologists and doctors who all said you're coping really well. There's not okay. much we can really do for you. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of them even said we can give you pills, but we don't really think it would make a difference for you because you're already coping well. But I thought, why should I have to cope? I'm tired of coping. It's painful. It's draining. To yeah, cope.
0: yeah. Yeah. But see now, of course, um, it'll be a greater push. You know, these pills are what you need.
1: If it was now, yeah, they'd have medicated me for sure.
0: Yeah. Really? And
1: unfortunately and- I was born back in the sixties, uh, before that push and my pain and suffering turned into something that I'm grateful for because that's what helped to create who I am today. And mm. you can see I'm a lot happier today than... Oh,
0: well, I didn't know you before, but you're very happy now. But yeah, if I, if, you're, if you're listening to the signs and to the voices, you know, they were being, you know, these uh, these experts, um, that wouldn't be good advice that you'd be given. I think you've got to mediate what information goes to you. And use what this, these um, these skills, uh, well, some people say God-given skills or someone's right. given them here. Bruce gave, him skills. Bruce gave them <laughs> Bruce gave them to us. Yeah. And forever we're grateful for Bruce. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and and um, so we've got to sort of mediate and decide on our own. But you've really said that we're all like scientists. So we, we, mm-hmm. if people never lose the ability to ask questions and, and think, just think.
1: You're given a brain. Why not use it?
0: Well, you know, it's a good idea. Well, I mean, TV has been invented to try and stop it from happening.
1: Let's all take a look now at the Modern Idiot box. It's a little box that you hold in your hand and it can take (laughs) everywhere. So we're even bigger idiots than we were. (laughs) Anyway, that's what I was getting to just just as we disconnected.
0: Yeah, well, we've all seen these zombies walking along the street, haven't we?
1: Oh, I can't tell you how many people I've seen almost get hit by drivers who are playing around with their touchpads and people who are crossing the street who don't even know that they almost died. Because they're walking across... Can you believe you're walking across a street staring at your phone?
0: Yes. Well, you're, you're, I've seen it. I see it every day. I see people on while they're driving along staring at the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I know very well. Uh, so this is quite, um, quite shocking. Okay, so gosh, I've got my train of thought gone there in the excitement. Um, let's see. Um, so I wanted to focus... Um, more specifically, oh, um, what was your what were your early going back to the, uh, when you stopped yourself from smoking? You managed yeah. to quit smoking. Now, what what techniques did you use? You said you used a combination.
1: Yeah, actually, well, I used the entrainment with yeah. uh, with a specific intention. So I would okay. lie down, put on my you know headphones, hit play, and just as it was you know ramping up to get louder and louder, I would have the intention that I am smoke free and that I don't get any pleasure from smoking. And then I would just have no thoughts at all. Whatever comes into my head comes into my head. But interestingly enough, I came up with a system and every single person who's tried it, it works. I'm happy to give it to everyone here because it's so easy. It takes no time to tell just stop. And that sounds basic, right? But actually it's quite easy and this is how you do it. I took three weeks and I recorded every cigarette I had for those three weeks. I smoked normally. I didn't stop. I didn't try to stop nothing. So for three weeks, I recorded every single cigarette I had. I recorded the time I had a cigarette. I recorded my reason for having a cigarette. Sometimes it was just, I I saw my pack of cigarettes sitting there. So I had a cigarette. Um, Yeah, I felt like a cigarette, blah, 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 all these different things. And so the time, the reason, everything. And then what happened was after the three weeks, I added up all the cigarettes I smoked. And for the sake of math, let's say I had 100 cigarettes. I mean, I had a lot more than 100 cigarettes, okay? But just for the sake of math, I had 100 cigarettes. And then I divided that number by 21 days because that was three weeks, okay? And then I ended up with however many cigarettes on average I had every day. So what I did was I would smoke the average amount for a week. Let's say it was 24 cigarettes. So I smoked 24 cigarettes a day for seven days. After that seventh day, I set myself a limit of 23 cigarettes. And it was simply a matter of smoke the 23 until you feel like it's 24. And usually it only took like a week or so, maybe 10 days tops, even a few days. Because it really only took me two or three days to feel like 23 was 24. Okay. And then I just did that over and over again, and then I smoked 22 until it felt like 23, and then I smoked 21 until it felt like 22, and so on and so forth. And eventually, I got down to one cigarette a day, and I was smoking that for like I don't know three weeks or something until I woke up thinking, "What the hell am I even doing this for now?" Because because once you have to remember when you when you do it like so, it feels like that. So it feels like that. One cigarette a day feels like nothing, and I just didn't have the next cigarette and that was it. there was no urge there was no desire there was no nothing between t- retraining the chemistry in my brain and you know this very simple system which is maybe takes longer than most systems out there <laughs> but everyone I know who's used it it's worked for it. Like a lot of other systems I used to quit smoking I went back to smoking.
0: Okay, okay. Well, the system you use is very uh, similar to the system politicians use to get legislation through. (laughs) Well, when you think about it, you know, Maury, you know, they start off with something small and then nibble, nibble, nibble. And then then you sort of stand back and, whoa, look what what they've actually managed to get through. How did that get past us?
1: (laughs) Right, but I'm doing it in reverse. That's the only difference. I'm doing it in reverse. I'm going from very big to very
0: small. Mm, mm, Well, the body. Very
1: small to very big.
0: The body detects change, you know, and so the the change is by minuscule amounts.
1: Yes, and it's so- no withdrawal because you're not cutting down until it feels the same to you. Yes. So the trick with this system is that you need to be honest with yourself. That's it. If you're honest with yourself, it'll like I, I I hesitate to say I could guarantee it would work, but I can't imagine it not working if you're honest with yourself.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. Um, now your um, entrainment method. Yes. Can you please tell us a bit, of, a bit about this? About your, uh, is, it fre- is it frequencies? Is it waveform? Is it a combination of yes. both?
1: <laughs> yes. And, 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 and a, a like number I of other see things.
0: It's the end of the summer.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> as, as, I, uh, as I learned you know, from trying all these different methodologies, that yeah. didn't work for me but yes. taught me lots. I was able to take bits and pieces and morph them and evolve them. See this mm-hmm. is this is what science really is. It's it's taking what we think we know, <clears throat> pardon me, what we think we know from earlier, mm. adapting it, changing it into something different. That's like the next stage of evolution in mankind. We, you know, we maybe had gills at one point, now we don't have gills anymore. You know, these are natural evolutionary <laughs> events. Well, it's the same thing with your mind. It's the same thing with your brain, it's the same thing with your behavior. So mm-hmm. So what I did was I, I kind of morphed different things. And so for me, I, I discovered brainwave entrainment, but I added things like uh, my own variety of hypnosis, my own variety of guided meditation. I incorporated my beats in with the spoken word. I created something called triliminals, which is me speaking here and here and here, which is a evolution from something many of you might know as paraliminals. Uh, you know, because I tried paraliminals that didn't help me, but they seemed to me to be on the right track, but I needed to change them in order to get them to work for me. So that's what I did. I found little bits of things that I allowed my instincts to tell me there's some value here. How can I adapt it? How can I change it to make it my own?
0: Hmm.
1: And when I did that and I made it my own, I ended up creating a whole new methodology so you know it's funny I get people who will buy very expensive headphones just to listen to my recordings because they know how much effort I put in and they want to have really high quality headphones so I've had a bunch of people say oh yeah I have these great Sunhauser, amazing noise limiting headphones and I say noise limiting big mistake I incorporate a lot of what I do. For instance, in my recordings, I have a background noise, which I call a relative of of pink noise. It more or less sounds like shh. It's great at blocking out external noises that might impose on the entrainment process, but it also has certain effects that I've designed into it. It's actually a series of over 600 frequencies that I have overlaid on, on top of each other. And I've done it in such a way that it actually augments the effect of the entrainment as well as doing other things. You know, it deepens it, it Mm -hmm. makes it more effective. It helps it to get by negative thought processes that people have. So if you listen with noise canceling headphones, Depending on the technique and the technology that they're using to cancel the noise, you know Where they have the frequency cut off because that's essentially what noise cancelling is They just cut the frequency off at a certain level. You're going to delete between 40 and 60 percent of my work When you're listening Other right. It is the bup bup but there's a lot of stuff that happens under you know underneath that You don't notice consciously that happens on a subconscious level and it happens on a physiological level so right. So what I did was I kind of blended everything together. Interestingly enough, as a scientist, I before I design anything and before I create anything, I will do what I call running a session. I'll listen with intention. So my intention is to make the best possible recording to help the most possible people if they use it properly. And I will go into it in a deep meditative state so that I can take in all the intention, all the energy. You know, I created something called brain prints, which is essentially my triliminals that I just explained to you here, here, and here. But they have the entrainment tones as well, but it's the first time brainwave entrainment has been able to successfully entrain someone on a subliminal level. Because actually, for entrainment to work, you need to hear it, right? You need to have that kind of percussive sound in your ear because it's the auditory nerve that creates the current that goes to your brain on off on off on off and it creates the entrainment effect without sound that used to be impossible to do so i create i created a way to subliminalize everything in the triliminals so that you don't need headphones you can listen to them over speakers and you don't even have to listen you can do other things and as long they're more subtle the effect but you listen more often to make up for the subtlety but the trick was i I knew I was missing something, absolutely knew I was missing something to make it like to bring it all together. And I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. I mean, I'm struggling, I, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. The more I try, the more resistance builds up, the more I get kind of annoyed at myself. Like I'm smarter than this, I should know, I should just know. And then I realized I do know, but I'm blocking that information. And I think everybody has all the knowledge they need but they block the information because they don't believe they have it or or they're trying too hard and they're looking in the wrong direction, right? So I decided I'm going to listen to this recording I created called Good Night Sleep Well. And as I go off to sleep, I'm going to repeat to myself a few times, not over and over again, just a few times. When I wake up in the morning, I will know exactly what I need. Now, you don't always get the answer the following morning, but funny enough, I woke up at about 6 in the morning. I went to bed about 3 that that evening or morning, I guess. And I woke up a few hours later. I'm lying in bed with this big grin on my face, okay, like giant grin. I'm watching myself. Now, I've never been on a TED Talk, okay, and I've never been invited to a TED Talk. But if any of you out there, I'm happy to do it. So, (laughs) So what happens is in my dream, I'm on stage and I'm in the audience listening to myself do a TED Talk explaining about how brain prints work and explaining the missing piece (laughs) that I didn't couldn't figure out myself I'm literally watching myself on stage giving me the secret that I needed to know Mm -hmm. so I'm watching this and then it ends and you know you know it's over and I kind of wake up in my semi conscious state in bed and I'm thinking to myself this is amazing I know now what I need to do to make this a success I feel so good I'm going to go back to sleep and when I wake up I'm going to write this all down and you know Bob's your uncle as they say I'm all excited so I start drifting off to sleep at which point I start laughing hysterically I wake my wife up from the laughter and she goes what and I told her and then I said, there's no way I'm going to sleep because if I wake up, I'm never going to remember any of this. <laughs> I'll just remember the part that I knew what to do and I don't know what to do anymore. So I got up, I got out of bed, I sat down on my computer and I typed away for an hour and I got it all down. And the brunt of it is that makes the entrainment work is I've always looked at the brain as a muscle. So just like any other muscle, you need to work it, you need to exercise it in order to keep it strong. So... The trick is, if the brain is a muscle, does it behave like other muscles? There's something called muscle memory. So if you're a runner or a swimmer, and you can't swim today, but you lie down, or you sit with head support, you close your eyes, and you imagine yourself swimming, and you imagine the feeling of the water on your face and your arms and the breathing, your muscles will behave to some degree as if you were swimming. So I thought, that can happen with your brain too. So what I did was I took the subliminalized entrainment tone that I mm-hmm. created for the brain prints and I extracted it so it's by itself and audible. So it's not subliminal anymore. You actually hear it, Bop, 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 buh, And if you listen to it twice a week, that's all you have to do. Lying down, eyes closed, comfortable volume, stereo headphones, twice a week for about 30 minutes each time, When you hear the subliminalized brain print, what happens is your brain recognizes the tone because it's exactly the same tone that's in the subliminal recording. And because your brain recognizes the tone, it goes into an entrainment effect. Now it's a more subtle entrainment, but it's still entrainment because it knows how to react because you've actually heard the exact same tone twice that week and your brain learns how to recognize it, and you go into, just like muscle memory, your brain has a muscle memory too. And it recognizes the sound, and it reacts as if it was actually hearing the sound. And that was the cherry on top that made the brain prints work. Before that, they were good subliminals, but there was nothing unique about them. After that, they became something new. And like I was telling you, it's an evolution. And at some point, someone's going to come along and take all the work I've done and improve on it even more. And then someone will come and improve on their work even more. And that's is—that's nature. That's what's supposed to happen.
0: Right. You know? do, you develop, do you develop most of your programs through personal experience and personal experimentation? Or do you involve your family or friends?
1: Actually, right. I've, I've tried. Uh, usually, I guinea pig on myself first. Okay. Okay. But once I feel like it's not going to hurt someone because I've come up with some frequency combinations that I thought would be helpful and they actually caused me a great deal of distress. So I don't want to let those loose on the world. But what I do is I have a website and I normally invite, I send out an email and I ask the people on the website if anyone would like to beta test. Hmm. And in the past I found that people want a beta test because they want to get a free product, they're not really interested in participating. So what I do is, I charge them $100. And I say, if you want a beta test, you have to give me $100. And you have to report to me over a six week period, at least three times, a reasonable report, how you've been using the recordings, how many times you've been using the recordings, you have to use them per my specs, minimum. And you have to write down your experiences in some detail. Mm -hmm. Assuming you follow through now, you don't have to prove my stuff works. You can say, I did everything you said, Maureen, it was useless. That's Mm -hmm. fine. You do that. You give me an honest opinion, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the six weeks, you get to keep the program for free and I give you $125 back. Okay. So it actually costs you nothing to beta test, but Mm -hmm. unless you have a vested interest, you're not going to follow through. This is what I have found. Okay. So okay. I give them the vested interest. You can make twenty five dollars if you do it the way you're supposed to. Now I don't need to do it in like laboratory conditions because no one's going to be using my recordings in laboratory conditions. They're going to be using them in their own lives. Mm-hmm. So it's good for them to do the test in and out throughout their own experience.
0: Right. Now, if someone's got um, poor hearing or their frequency range, the the Audio ranges yeah. reduced through working in heavy industry or just through old age. Um, all your audio programs work.
1: You know, sound is a funny thing. You hear my voice, right? Everybody out there hears my voice. They all hear your voice, John, too. Mm. Let me ask you a question to lead up to this. I love this part, by the way. Okay, so if a tree falls in the woods and nobody is there to hear it, does it make a noise? What do you think?
0: Uh, well, Zen says, um, I would say, yes, it does.
1: Okay. Now, if you're, that follows then, that if you are there to hear it, it also makes a noise, right? Because you're going to hear it. No. Hmm. Okay. I say you're wrong. Because sound is a construct created by the brain. And I'm leading into your question. What happens is, a tree falls in the woods, it creates vibration. If there is something there with ears that are functioning, that vibration goes in through the ear. That vibration then gets interpreted by a part of the brain and translated into what you and I call sound. That didn't make any sound at all. It created vibration. Your speakers if you're listening with headphones, your headphones are creating vibratory patterns that are being interpreted by your brain as sound. Mm. Sound doesn't actually exist. There's no such thing as sound. That being said, I actually have customers who are totally deaf who claim to get results. And that backs me up. All you need is connective tissue. Entrainment happens from vibration, not from sound. Sound is what you perceive because your brain is translating the vibration sound right. is not necessary as long as you have connected tissue so that the pulse and the vibration can make its way to the brain to the auditory nerve which then sends it off to the you know off to the um, to the brain then from vibration alone you should be able to entrain Because it's the vibration that causes the entrainment. A lot of people, uh, you know, hear the same sound when they're using little earbuds, right? As they do with over-the-ear headphones. But over-the-ear headphones have a much larger membrane vibrating. So you're actually getting a more powerful entrainment effect, even at the same volume, even if your brain tells you it sounds the same. It isn't the same because the sound is inconsequential. It doesn't matter if you hear sound. What matters is the vibration.
0: That That's percussion. The
1: yeah, it's the vibration that makes the difference. It has nothing to do with sound. And like I said, sound actually doesn't exist. There's no such thing as sound. Sound is simply a, you know, a mechanical manifestation of our brain.
0: Okay. That's have it. you ever considered developing headphones which have no diaphragm, but they merely have a piezo crystal? Which,
1: that which... would be an amazing
0: idea. Because it's straight onto your skull. Okay, so you, it's...
1: It, you know what? Um, I have uh, conductive headphones. Yes. Bone conduction headphones. I like your crystal idea better, though. If you want to work on something like that, let's talk about that later. But, okay. uh, but I've tried it with the bone conduction headphones. Yes. And I get just as well. The only difference in the entrainment is that because there's nothing covering the ear, you're missing out on the effects from the shh that I created, and you're also allowing in much more extraneous noise. So I would say the effect is good, but not as good as headphones. If you could have the bone conduction built into headphones that also cover your ears, now you have a winning combination. Right. Experimenting with some headphones right now that I'm using that actually emit light. I don't know if you're, if you're aware of this or not, but there are light receptors in your ears.
0: The receptors. <laughs>
1: yeah, they don't interpret light the way your eye does, you know, cones and rods, but they interpret light in other ways. So okay. currently I have a blue light that bathes and I've noticed it tends to increase the effect of the entrainment.
0: Isn't that amazing? So you put some blue. They,
1: so I actually, I'm going to be putting them up uh, when I get around to it, I'm going to be putting them up on my website. I had 10 of them made and uh, I'm going to be offering them to people to beta test for me to see if it's something that would be worthwhile to you know, put out there in the general public.
0: Well, that, that's quite exciting. The yeah. um, now the, the, the entrainment sounds that you develop, can mm-hmm. people, are they safe? You've, you've just, you, you mentioned before that you developed some that didn't have such desirable results. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, is it safe? Uh, what I'm really trying to ask is what works for one person, will it work for another? Is it uniform, the results? Or do you find that there's, you know, differing in responses with different people.
1: Again, it's more down to how they interpret the response. You know, when I was a young kid, before I even realized drugs were out there, I remember reading in a textbook that smoking pot for some people is a real pleasant experience and for other people, it's like the most sickening thing in the world. Uh, it, different people react to things differently. The only thing that's really good for everybody is air, like oxygen, and water, Right? Everything else you got to take with a grain of salt, even if salt isn't good for you. So mm-hmm. what happens So what happens is uh, my systems are designed that if people have a bad effect, and usually the bad effect is they're listening too loud. If you have unresolved issues or if you have anxieties, buried you know, problems that you've just kind of pushed down and you're not dealing with, this kind of technology, when it's properly designed, can actually bring them up to the surface. And if you listen too loudly, it can bring them up really strong. And it can, it can seem like a bad thing. I've had people call me and, and complain and whine that, you know, oh, I'm angry all the time. I'm breaking down into tears all the time. I say, look, all you need to do is stop listening until you go back to whatever your normal is. Usually that's a few days to a week. When you start listening again, listen at a barely audible volume. So my instructions normally say listen at a loud, comfortable volume, but mm-hmm. if you have repressed issues that come up too fast, that can be incredibly painful. But if mm-hmm. you go or start again with a very low, like let's say you're listening at this volume that I'm speaking at now and you're mm-hmm. freaking out, right? It's causing you to be nervous and you're crying all the time. So you wait till you go back to whatever your normal was You listen again. I even tell some people, start listening over a speaker at a quiet volume when you're at your computer. So lots of distractions, lots of stimulation other than the tones. Allow yourself to get used to them. Uh, This isn't a race, you know? And even if it was a race, no one is starting at the same starting line and no one is finishing at the same finish line. So all your goal is, is to be a little bit better tomorrow than you are today. That's all you really need to think about. So listen at a really quiet volume. Could you even hear that?
0: Yeah.
1: So you heard that so little, so the barely audible volume. And if you find that that's easier to take, do that a few times until you're totally comfortable. And then the next time turn up the volume just a little bit more and do that until you're comfortable. These things that are repressed don't have to be painful when they come out. If you understand that the technology is just bringing them out too fast, you can use volume as your regulator bring it out soft, bring it out easy. It can be so much easier to lose a lot of these problems without even realize you're losing them. I have, I have people who used to be road ragers like crazy coming to me saying, you know, I was cut off three times. You know, I do your stuff, I like it, I like how it feels, so I do it, but I don't really notice any changes. And then they'll tell me in the same breath that they were driving home the other day, got cut off four times, Normally they would have given like fingers and, oh, sorry, (laughs) you know, they would have given the finger and stuff all the time and yelling and screaming. And they realized when they got home that they didn't, they had no reaction like that. You know, the changes can be subtle and part of the problem with our world and our society that we live in right now is that we're taught to notice problems. We're taught to notice pain. John, when was the last time you noticed the big toe on your left foot?
0: uh well actually my right foot i notice quite often but not so much the left foot but okay. it's quite particular yeah so, no. so
1: but now you're noticing it because i brought it up right that's right now why is it that you don't notice something that's treating you well and feeling wonderful
0: well it's, it's a bit sad really isn't it when you think it about it sad. it's, it's uh, and toes are so important without toes you fall forward,
1: forwards <laughs> yeah well exactly and this is my point people have a, no problem noticing bad things or things yes. they find as bad We've already talked about how bad is nothing more than a definition you give something. But if you pay attention to something good, like for instance, I've been injured thousands of times. Okay. I've broken my nose a billion times, a lot of concussions, broken ribs, dislocated knee, broken kneecap, multiple fractures, dislocations, all kinds of things. And I learned that when these things happen, if I pay attention to a part of my body that doesn't hurt, the pain drops dramatically in the area that I hurt.
0: Okay, so the focus. Right.
1: We are taught to pay attention to the wrong things, and because of that, life can be quite miserable. <laughs> you know, uh, Even a homeless person who lives on the street in bad weather can be grateful for the cardboard box that they're in over a grate on the subway that's keeping them warm. Mm. When you focus on something to be grateful for, you will inevitably and invariably notice more things to be grateful for. That's right. how it works. It doesn't matter what your life is. You've defined it as bad if you think it's bad. It's not bad. It's like my hand on the element. You're, you know, the universe, Bruce, is trying to teach you lessons, and you're not listening. So, Bruce, getting louder and louder until you do listen. And when you listen, you'll see a lot of these problems will just kind of vaporize, they'll just go away.
0: It's, it's quite good, good advice. We should give a blanket warning at the beginning of all these uh, seminars that we're, we're going, we are going to devi- deviate. Oh, yeah. We may be following our own, but gosh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, your programs, can they be safely used whilst sleeping? And um, if so, can they be used for increasing one's ability to learn? Which is a, you know.
1: Okay, good question.
0: An impediment that uh, many of us.
1: <laughs> well, don't. you notice that children tend to learn easier than adults.
0: Absolutely.
1: Now, there's a clue there. The clue is what is different about children and adults? Well, the biggest difference from a brain function standpoint is children tend to exist in a state that most people know as theta. Okay? I'm sure you've heard of the theta brainwave state alpha, oh. beta, theta, mm-hmm. gamma. So they tend to exist in theta. Now, years ago it was theorized and a lot of new research, modern research is showing this to be true now, that theta produces a hormone called LTP. Now, LTP stands for long-term potentiation. What that means is that children produce this hormone, LTP. When something goes in, it stays in. Adults don't really produce a lot of LTP. Because of that, it goes in one ear and out the other.
0: Isn't that what we say our children do?
1: That's exactly (laughs) it, but it isn't. The information is there. It's just a matter of accessing it, right? Right. When you know the information is there. You know, I live my life by the credo that everything is possible. There's an answer for everything. And because of that, because of the fact that I like to think that everything is possible, Mm. then I always come up with something. Always.
0: Mm.
1: You know, this example of how I solved the issue of how to make subliminal entrainment work. Mm. Right, I had no idea, but I knew I would come up with it. So I kept no. trying different things until I could come up with it. Yes. So, you know, now getting back to your actual question, uh, is it, you know, can it be dangerous? No, it can't be dangerous. Again, if you listen too loudly, you can hurt your hearing, of course, mm-hmm. but the only negative thing is going to be the bringing up too quickly of repressed issues. And that, of course, is dealt with by taking some time off and then listening at a very reduced volume
0: okay and can these programs be used to help assimilate new information if you're learning a new skill? Intention.
1: yeah it's your brain your brain can do all of these things you have to understand that what I do is not a magic pill it's simply guiding the brain naturally, because the brain pulses anyway, right? Your neurons are all pulsing all the time. Right now, we might be in a primarily beta state. right? Because we're awake, we're alert. But don't think that you're only in beta. You have alpha waves, you have delta waves. Yes, delta waves too, even though you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. You have delta waves, you have theta waves, you have gamma waves, you have everything. It's just the dominant frequency might be beta. So if you listen to these things with intention, you will guide, your brain will guide itself into creating what it is that you need. Now, I tend to give it a generalized intention because, again, I don't think we really know what we need. So instead of trying to say, you know, I have friends, a couple of them who are wealthy. And when they were kids, they said, you know what? When I have a million dollars, I'm going to be happy. Mm. Well, they got a million dollars and they weren't happy. So they thought, oh, okay, well, I got the number wrong. (laughs) Maybe I need two million.
0: Well, there was well, inflation, of course.
1: Yeah, okay, inflation. Then maybe I need 10 years. Or, sorry, maybe I need 10 million. <laughs> yeah. So, 10 years later, they've wasted 10, 15 years of their lives going after all this money, mm. which has bought them nice things, admittedly, but they're not happy. Mm. So, how much time was wasted because they thought they knew what they wanted? That's a long time. Humans live 80, 100 years. You know, these days, right, 110, we might make it to 150 in our, you know, category. <laughs> yeah, but how that's does know, time. why waste 20, 30, 40, 50 years going after something that you think you want when you don't really want it? So yeah. instead of specifying what you think you want,
0: mm-hmm.
1: drill it down and decide why you want it. I want it. Ultimately, because I want to be healthy and I want to be happy and I want to be loved and I want to be loving, and you know, these are the real desires that everyone has. So, Mm. go in with not with the intention that I want to make millions of dollars, go in with the intention that I'm smiling all the time and it's my pleasure to do nice things for people. You know, Mm. I mean, that's the attitude because then you will be given a direction, and then you just pay attention to yourself, pay attention to your mind, pay attention to your body. What doesn't feel right is the wrong direction. What does feel right is the right direction.
0: Mm. And it's, it gives an um, amazing um, satisfaction actually giving, you know. When, mm-hmm. you, when you give a present, you don't just give a present and walk away, you hang around, <laughs> you want to see expression on right. the face. you want to open
1: it in front of you, that's right.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and, and that, that's really much, you know, much more rewarding than, than um, mm-hmm. chasing, chasing, chasing money.
1: Much better getting, it's like the kid who opens up the present and plays with the box. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm like the kid. I'd rather play, I'd rather find neat things to see in things. To, you know, Einstein once said that there's no such thing as a genius. A genius is only someone who sees things differently than someone else and ultimately that makes all of us geniuses because we all see things differently than other
0: people Through our own eyes, yes. That's right. Um, now, um, if, your, um, if your entrainment program uh, contained multiple frequencies, including this, uh, did you use the term pink noise, this, this background noise?
1: It's kind of like pink noise. It's, the close, it's kind of close. If you were to download a pink noise file yes. off the Internet, it would sound similar to what I use, yes.
0: Um, Wouldn't that be counter to creating a coherent response, a frequency response?
1: Actually, it creates a stronger response because everything is tuned and harmonically related. See, that's the trick. If you don't relate tones harmonically, they will fight each other. That's true. But if you relate them in in harmonic balance, then they don't fight each other. They actually augment each other. And, and that's so what you, another trick that I didn't know, but I kind of figured it out through trial and error, and through listening to my intuition, along with you know scientific knowledge of how harmonics work and dropping a pebble in water. That's how I discovered harm, the harmonic frequency myself by dropping in water. I actually, I, it's not ready yet for public consumption, but I actually just created a system for uh, chakras, and I created seven brainwave recordings that use harmonic. Representations of the chakra frequencies, because obviously your brain isn't going to entrain to such a high frequency, like 500 right. hertz, to 700 hertz. Your brain can't entrain; that's way too high. The highest I found that I can get a brain to entrain is about 40, maybe 45 hertz. That, okay. By the way, for those of you that don't know, are just how many times it beats or on and off per second.
0: Mm.
1: You know, because the, the, the see the brain can entrain to, I believe, higher frequencies but because I'm using auditory signals, the ear has to recover after every pulse. So often when people are listening to my recordings, they say it sounds a bit like a helicopter because that relative of pink noise sounds like shh, 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 shh. And that's because the ear is recovering from the pulse and then going down again and recovering. There's a certain delay in the speed that your ear can recover. And that's why using auditory signals, you could, you can only go as high as maybe 40 Hertz. After that, your ear doesn't have enough time to recover, which means the signal isn't pure getting to the brain. You know, but I used a harmonic uh, scale that I worked on to be able to create a harmonic. So essentially there's external noises that are used to help balance chakras in the different regions externally. But then you also listen to brainwave entrainment tones that through harmonics pulse through the interior of your body to give you ultimately you know the same frequency
0: okay so i guess it'll be more more um, accurately called um subharmonics then if you're going yeah. down yeah um, subharmonic sure and um what what um what are you using octaves of 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 higher fundamentals or would you be using the fibonacci series how how Actually, I'm
1: just using normal, everyday tones, you know, based in the uh, 440 hertz. Okay. That's it. Uh, That's all that's necessary. Because the thing with brainwave entrainment is, it's not really that complicated. It's quite simple. It is the space between the tones. You know, uh, you had mentioned earlier, uh, I I think just before we uh, started this, you know, this official, (laughs) this (laughs) official talk, uh, you had mentioned that. There was a issue with not being here. I'm trying to come up with the word that you used. Okay, there's there's a problem with the actual frequency itself that you can't listen to something with MP3s.
0: That's correct. You, you yeah, well, that's you not
1: correct actually. <laughs> that's totally wrong because okay. it isn't actually the ee, uh, it's not that frequency that entrains. It's the pause in between, the pulses that entrains. So you can have ha ah, ah, ha ah, ah, ha ah, ha ha. Both of those can entrain just as well. As a matter of fact, in some of my earlier work, it got to be too confusing for customers and clients, so I stopped doing it. But I actually have in my first two works, the quantum mind power you mentioned and the quantum confidence, 12 different versions of frequency for my two main recordings. So they were lower pitched and higher pitched. And I tend to like the lower pitched ones. So the bop 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 Other people like medium pitch. I'm not so good at the higher pitch. But you know, I wasn't using my voice to create these tones, don't worry. So you're not gonna hear that. But that's the thing. So it's the space between, it's the pulse beat that entrains. So these people are telling you, you can't have MP3. Most of the time they were doing that because they were trying to get you to spend more money so you'd buy their CVs. They're lying. Properly engineered entrainment does not require, I do everything in MP3.
0: Right.
1: And I have customers who try everybody else's new stuff and they always come back to me even though mine isn't on a CD and mine isn't a wave file and mine isn't an ACC file and mine isn't a this file or a that file that makes no difference at all as long and you don't need expensive headphones either as long as you have headphones that aren't going to you know you're not listening to heavy metal music at like you know deafening volume you just need to hear bum, 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 bum. you know go to uh, you know anywhere $10 headphones as long as they're stereo right and left that's all you need and the only reason why you need right and left for some of my recordings is because I do something called dual brainwave. Uh, there's a misconception that whole brain is the way to go. Yes. Actually, it turns out that for most complex tasks, especially emergencies, whole brain isn't the way to go. Because what you want sometimes is to shut up the analytical mind and activate the creative hemisphere. Other right. times you want to shut up the creative hemisphere and you want to get the analytical hemisphere to be dominant, so you know and and varying amounts of those as well. So I have a recording called Eden Energy Wave Dynamics, which is fantastic at quieting negative thoughts. I call them negative thought, the negative reflexive thought process. It actually quietens that because it takes the left hemisphere. Okay which is the analytical side and it kind of quiets it down and it excites the right hemisphere. The way it works is what goes in the left ear and trains or works on the right brain. What goes in the right ear works on the left brain. Right. So I put the appropriate frequencies in to get the appropriate results. Actually training the brain to do both is what is the best because sometimes whole brain thinking is the best. What people find is that the more you use training, just like with a regular exercise, the more you do it, the more you will reflexively be able to call upon it when necessary. So I can be in a close call in a car where in the past, my heart would have been racing and now nothing. Because and not because I got hit and I'm dead.
0: No, I think <laughs> you're the person. You're the person who caused it in the first place. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thank God I didn't get hit there. Sorry, thank Bruce I didn't get hit there. Thank but, Bruce. Yeah, yeah Bruce. <laughs> but uh, you can see I have a Monty Python veer to my sense of humor. But <laughs> but in actuality, your brain needs it's you know whole brain thinking is great. But if that's all you do, that's the equivalent to me. Of exercising your arms, but nothing else. You actually can cause problems to your body if you overdevelop a part of it and you don't. You know how is your chest and and, and your midsection supposed to handle the powerful, the weight, and the strength in the arms and the shoulders if mm. they're not also in some kind of you know condition, in some kind of shape. Sure. And it's the same thing with your brain. You need to train your brain in many different ways. And I found with this dual brain frequency in this particular case that it, it had a side effect. The, des- the design was intended to calm your mind, but give you energy. That's what yeah. this design and it does that in most cases too. But I've turned, it turned out that it also quietens the negative reflexive thought process too. And that taught me something about entrainment. You can have a purpose, but if it's done properly and following, you know, what is called the laws of entrainment, then what happens is you get much more than you bargained for because it's your brain. It's kind of like saying that someone who goes to a club and jogs and lifts weights can only use that strength and endurance to run and lift weights. Of course not. They can do a million other things too, right? And they can do them better because they have better endurance and they have more strength. Mm. The same thing with your brain. You train it, it gets stronger universally. It doesn't just get stronger with an ability to do math or an ability to, you know, stay calm. It tends to give you whatever it is that you need, as long as you don't misdirect the intention with intention into an area that you think you need when you don't really need it.
0: Okay, okay. If you're running a program overnight, do you tend to wake up exhausted because your brain's been...
1: (laughs) That's a great question. I have a recording called Good Night Sleep Well. Yes. Okay, and that recording is the first half of a healthy adult, an average, because I mean everybody's sleep cycle is different, but it's the first half estimation of a healthy adult sleep cycle. The first sleep cycle is always the longest. Most people will go through four to five to six to seven sleep cycles in a night depending on how long you sleep. So what happens is you go through the first half, the first sleep cycle is about 90 minutes on average. So this recording takes you from beta to alpha to theta down into delta and then it just fades out. And the idea is to train your sleep cycle because your own sleep cycle is unique. Originally I was gonna create a seven hour sleep cycle six-hour because with mp3s or you know you can do that now right
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's not like you got to put in five CDs to get all this information
0: <laughs> <laughs> they'll be a bit disruptive for sleep that's right but then the I point.
1: thought what if what if my sleep cycle or my view of a perfect sleep cycle isn't good for you your brain is going to constantly try to follow the frequencies I'm giving you so what I do is I created an average a good average for 50 minutes and then after listening for a period of time and you keep listening, your brain, it's kind of like training wheels, right? Your mom or your dad, they follow behind you for a while, and then they let go. It's the same idea here. And then your own sleep cycle takes over, and you end up getting better and better sleep that way. So, if you're gonna listen overnight, the only thing you can listen to would be, say, the brain prints. I wouldn't listen to something that you audibly hear a signal. Like I have a recording called Neural Synergy, which is very good for learning because it releases the ATP that we were talking about before, because it's in the theta level. Mm. But your sleep cycle goes like this. That's, you know, delta, alpha. And in the later stages, you don't even go into delta anymore, right? So if you're hearing, say, neural synergy repeated over and over and over all night long, it's a theta frequency all night long, it could actually disrupt your sleep. Yes. Because your brain might be trying to entrain to this seven hertz frequency all the time when it shouldn't be doing that. That's why I start people, if you want to listen to it like Neural Synergy as you go to sleep, that's fine. Okay. But you have to let your sleep cycle maintain a natural sleep cycle. Uh, sleep cycle is so important. It helps your body heal. It helps your mind heal. It helps you to process information and data that you've taken in and been stimulated with all day long. It's mm-hmm. imperative that you get a good night's sleep. People don't understand how important that is.
0: Well, with experiments with uh, sleep deprivation and it's been um it's um caused more than just injury to people oh yeah,
1: horrible things mm. i actually uh through my depression, I developed very poor sleep uh, sleep habits uh, yes. all hours getting poor sleep uh, earlier this year, actually, I paid a price for that, you know because you damage your body after decades and decades of doing terrible things to it. And I was, I literally was sitting here in my office. I got up, I went out into the hall. I took three steps and I, every move I made was excruciatingly painful. I ended up going, uh, without being able to sleep more than three or four minutes in a row for about two months, going back and forth to doctors who gave me stuff that didn't help, that didn't help, that didn't help. I couldn't, like, if I moved my arm this much, can you even tell motion there? Yes. It was excruciatingly painful.
0: Gosh.
1: I couldn't sleep. Nothing. I ended up going to a rheumatologist who thought I had rheumatoid arthritis. Hmm. Turns out, uh, I either healed from it, which supposedly is unheard of. So I guess I didn't have it, you know, or I had something called transient arthritis. But in either case it happened because I weakened my system so much. Okay. You know, so if those of you are out there who think you're superhuman and it doesn't bother you that you only get a few hours sleep or you're up till four in the morning every day, don't kid yourself. You're setting yourself up for something down the road and there's always time to change. My sleeping habits are a lot better now, (laughs) you know, and, but keep in mind, I've done a lot of damage to my body over the last, and my mind over the last, you know, 40 years, 45 years. And it's gonna take the rest of my life to rebuild myself back to a you know a truly healthy state. But the cool thing about that for me is, and this is something I'd be grateful for, every day that passes I get younger. <laughs> because I'm actually feeling a little bit better every day. <laughs> Most of my friends, oh, I'm getting aches, I'm getting pains, I'm losing my hair, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, you
0: know. yeah. we're all bring it up
1: yeah, exactly. But but the truth is for me, I'm feeling Like, you know, I mean, there's certain things that have happened. I've had injuries and and things like that that cause me a great deal of pain. But Mm. other parts of my body that used to be in pain all the time are actually getting better as I get older. And there's no reason why that can't happen to anybody, actually, if you have the right attitude. If you stop accepting these so called truths. As we get older, we lose our hearing. As we get older, we lose this. As we get older, we lose that. Stop believing all this garbage. Mm. Just take care of yourself and you'll be amazed,
0: mm.
1: you know? Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's it's good advice, you know. Um, we've deviated far and wide on, on the subject. <laughs> but it's all been healthy stuff now. We've been listening to uh, Maury Zilkovich. He's an expert on uh, frequency entrainment, sound entrainment, and, and pretty much um, well, many other things as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sleep patterns. And um, another thing which um, you've really taught us is uh, self-discipline. Where you, um, you really, you are, everyone is a scientist. They have got the ability to think and to learn mm-hmm. and to uh, make decisions. And so, if everyone learns how to use those skills to the right. <laughs> anyway,
1: and, Sorry, you're you're 100% right. People just need to not, like, look, I'm talking, I've got this deep voice. A lot of people used to say more, you have this authoritative news voice, so people listen to you when you talk. Everything I have said is my opinion, okay? Mm -hmm. If any of it has resonated with you, John, or with anybody out there, Mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to take it inside, interpret it within your own frame of reference, within your own Mm -hmm. belief system. Right. And then if you choose to act on any of it act on that act on the interpretation act on your interpretation your evolution okay because a Lot of people make the mistake of following what a so-called expert says verbatim and then it mm-hmm. doesn't work That's right. And They feel like they're not worthy or they did something wrong. That's why it didn't work because you're not me Okay, you have to come up with your own way, but people like myself and John and others we are out here to, you know, spew (laughs) and whatever inspires you, take it in, make it your own and then decide to act on it or not because only then will it work for you, you know? And and for some of you out there who've been trying and trying and trying and failing and failing and failing, you haven't been failing. You've been giving, you've, you've been getting learning experiences. And once you make things your own and interpret them within your own experience, you will find a lot more success.
0: Mori, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm giving you thunder. <laughs> this is this is this is great. Hey, thanks Mori for being on board. i really enjoyed the series. Thank session. you very much. And thank you for contributing your time. Oh, thank it's you. been
1: a total pleasure.
0: <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye everyone.